0: All right, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me if you would to the book of Mark, the book of Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, and we're going to go to verse 38, no, we're going to actually go to, yeah, 38, yes, verse 38. And the Bible says, And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces and the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses for a pretense and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and behold, and beheld how the people cast money in the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which would make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even All her living. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, I ask you, Lord, to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, I ask you, Jesus, to give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. And the godly wisdom, Lord, to walk in that path. And we thank you and praise you for it. everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. title of the message today is, Is Your Life for Show or Service? Jesus showed a difference here between two kinds of people. First, there were those who loved to show off, as was described in the first portion of our text. Secondly, there were those who loved to serve no matter how little they possessed. Amen. So let's take a look this morning. This teaching occurred the week before Jesus went to Calvary. Amen. And Jesus had answered both the multitudes and his disciples in this matter. And let's take a let's take a look at uh, at a bigger, longer description of this over in Matthew 23. Let's turn over to Matthew 23 right quick. It gives a longer version of this. Twenty three one says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe. That observe and do. But do not ye after their works. So in other words, he said, Hey, the things that they tell you of the law that you need to do, he said, You do it. Because they're in the place of Moses, where Moses was. However, don't do the things as they do them. Don't do the things they do. Don't do like they do. For they, the Bible says, bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. I'm going to tell you, this is a big description right here of many churches today. There's a whole lot of preachers in churches today that really don't even do any preaching. I mean, they do nothing but collect the money and go around and sit in all the high seats. There's a whole lot of uh, uh, churches nowadays that are doing the same thing. They put a lot of burdens on people. You do this, you do that, you do this, and you follow that, and you strictly do this and do that. But they themselves won't lift a finger to do nothing. Let me tell you something. I ain't one of them preachers. You might come in here and find me up in a tree. Amen. Praise God! The, the, I'm I'm the opposite of that. Yeah, you might find me uh, 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 running a snake through the plumbing or something, trying to get the plumbing unstopped, or find me out at the, at, at night doing stuff around here. It's got to be done. Praise God! And sometimes uh, I've had Brother Quick say, "Man, why, why do not he call me?" Well, you know, man, I just just need to be done. I just jumped on it. Yeah, I don't want to bother anybody. You know. And a lot of times, I mean, I just do it myself, amen. But here, the Lord was saying, look, man, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Amen. There's times, I I know in your lives, if you've ever been part of a big church, that you may have been assigned all kind of chores to do, keep you running all the time. But turn around and, and where's the preacher? Where's the pastor? You know, out spending money or out, or out hobnobbing with the, with the powers that be. And he said, they will not move them with one of their fingers, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries. What's the phylacteries? They're, their phylacteries were right here, little box worn on their forehead. They still wear them to this day. You see them in front of the Wailing Wall, <clears throat> Amen, over in Jerusalem. You'll see them in front of that Wailing Wall, and they got this box on their forehead, and they're and they're praying and doing this right here at the Wailing Wall. What is that? That box has scriptures in it. They put scriptures. From the Torah, which is the first five books of Moses, the, the books of the Law, they still put the books. Of, they still put scriptures in there that the Lord said, "Bind these upon your upon your finger and and uh, put them in your in the phylacteries." And they make broad their phylacteries. Why? But they want big phylacteries. So they got lots of scriptures in them, and they want everybody to see them. Now, I'm not talking about the people necessarily at the them Wall, but these these Pharisees of that time, they had they had gotten away from what they needed to be doing, and they, they did it to be seen of men. That's what this this whole Scripture is about. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. They made bigger borders around their garments. Let me tell you, man, there was a big deal about the, the apparel that was worn by the priests, and the scribes that came up also uh, adorned themselves with long robes. Long robes in that day... And and the robes that, that he's talking about here, these were high dollar, man. And it's kind of like Armani suits are today. You know, you see, it, it, and, and, and it's a shame that, you know, you have a lot of pastors now, man. I mean, buddy, <clears throat> they have their suits tailor-made, custom-made, and they're not just tailor-made suits, man. They're tailor-made Armani suits or things like that. And they'll spend $10,000 on a suit. That ought to be a crime. If you serve in the kingdom of God and you're wearing a $10,000 suit, there ought to be something, wrong. something wrong with that. You got two or three Lear jets, there's something wrong with that. You got one Lear jet, there's something wrong with that. Because, let me tell you, that's pampering you. It's got nothing to do with God. When you see him, and I've seen him come on television and say, listen, Send your money. If you ain't got no money, pull that credit card out. Where's your faith at? I've got one Learjet, and sometimes it's in the hangar or it's being serviced, and I have to go because I'm a man of God's business, and I need to go. So I need a second Learjet so that when one is in the hangar or one's in service, that I can have another one. I can't be held up by just having one Learjet, four or five hundred Million dollars they're paying for these things, man. I can't be held up by that. So you send me all your money. You eat cat food and you send me your money. Where's your faith at? God gonna, God gonna bless you. Don't bring that joker next to me. Man, I'll have some repenting to do after I get done with my business with him. Cause I'm gonna tell you, I'm a soldier in this army and I don't play that nonsense. Now, listen to what the Word says. But their works they do, be seen of men, going down to verse 6, and, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the cheap seats in the synagogues. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot of preachers nowadays, too, even in this day and time we live in, that still, they're gone all the time. Never at their churches. When they're there, they're not preaching. They're paying somebody else to come preach. They just sit on the stage with nine other preachers up there and they make it all look real good. Looks all real good. They got a big fancy deal going on, and the ones that's in charge is traveling from church to church to church uh uh and, and, and sitting in the high seats and buddy, oh there's all the there's all the uh parishioners, there's all the there's all the presbyters and there's this and there's that. And boy, they got their big fancy titles and, and a man driving their big fancy cars and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, if you are a pastor, your behind needs to be in your church where your flock is. God did not make you a pastor for you to dictate your flock to somebody else. When you are the pastor, but let me tell you something, you ain't going to never come in this church and not find me in here. You may in a rare occasion find somebody else preaching. Very rare. And it ain't happened in the years. And I'm going to tell you, it had to be somebody I absolutely know up one side, down the other. Because I'm going to tell you, I've had experiences in the past 17 years. I've had experiences of of... Preachers that were absolutely supposed to be our doctrine, and I knew them to be uh, a part of our, our churches, and they come in and start preaching some crazy off-the-wall nonsense. I'm like, man, what? Yeah, and it happened to me two weeks, two weeks cleaning that mess up. I'm real particular about that, buddy. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to get in this pulpit, it's going to be this right here. ain't going to be no theory behind it. It's going to be this right here. Nothing but this. Amen. And so... But uh, I see that happening so much uh, uh, with with people that are all about the show. That's the problem, folks. That's the problem. We ain't in this for show. People look at these boots sometimes and they say, you know, man, what, what kind of boots? You, you know what? I wear these because they're skins. They're skins. They breathe. And I've worn them my whole life. The reason I wear them is because... They breathe. You never have a foot odor. I wear cowboy boots because I've worn them my whole life. I can't even hardly walk in shoes because I've worn them my whole life. And my feet are formed of boots. But let me tell you, man, they're not as expensive as people think they are. I see people, you know, buy these shoes anymore. I could buy a pair of nice Stacy's or something like that. Same price. Amen. But this is what I wear. Amen. But I don't wear it to be seen of people. I wear it because they're comfortable. They breathe. My wife ain't never, she'll tell you, I ain't never had a foot older in my life. But if you put some cheap boots on, you will. Yeah, I buy them through the Internet, and I get them sent, uh, you know. Uh, man, when, everything, when things are going good, I try to stock up, give me three or four pairs at a time, and I just keep them in my, keep them in my house. till. See, uh, so if you see me wearing a pair, I probably had it for a year and just ain't pulled it out of the box yet. Amen. So, but people that... These suits I wear, buddy, I get these for sometimes two for a hundred bucks, man. And you know what? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, man, the buttons may fall off of but my wife knows how to sew. Praise the Lamb of God. You know what? You ain't got to... <laughs> Listen, you don't have to spend a million dollars to look good, man. And I'm not trying to look good. I'm just trying to do my best for Jesus without being, going nuts with it. Amen. You ain't going to see me in no Armani suit. Amen. I don't, I ain't here. I ain't worried about name brands and all that kind of stuff. I don't even know what these name brands are. Amen. And you see sometimes I, look at that. There, see that right there? Coming apart right there. Amen. I ain't worried about all that. I'll take this thing and throw it out in the creek. The question is, I just do the best I can for God. Amen. Do I think I gotta wear this suit to make heaven? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Naked came I into this world. Naked go out, I'm going out of here. Amen. And so, but but you know what? We do it to set an example, to hold these standards up. Amen. Look at what everybody else is doing—coming to church in a pair of flip flops and shorts. I mean, listen, man. You know you gotta draw the line. But the thing is, I don't do this for show. We ain't out for show. We got a nice building, but it ain't over the top. I mean, I'm not wanting this building to be seen from straight up. Oh Lord, look at that beautiful building. Oh my God, you know. I'm just saying, well, praise God. Look, they're not in the rain. Amen. They have a roof over their head. Praise, yes, we do. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know, we got a nice building here, but it ain't crazy. It ain't spending a bunch of crazy money. Matter of fact, every, most everything you see, I did it. Praise God to save money. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, These were people here that the Lord was talking about that got off of the beaten track. And so many people today are just off the hook with everything they're doing. They're just, they don't have any idea what a real walk with God is anymore. So many different theories and so many different people adding to and taking away. This ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about Him. Amen. So, listen to what He did. He warned His disciples to beware of the scribes. In verse 38 of of Mark, we were reading that. And He said that, listen, the beware means to perceive or to see. He told He told his disciples something that was completely contrary to modern day teaching about accepting people as they are. How many of you, how many of you seen that bumper sticker, tolerance? Have you seen it? And coexist, same thing, coexist, same thing. You seen them? With all the different religious symbols? It's a bunch of garbage. It's nonsense. I ain't accepting that. I, ain't, I don't accept Muslims either. I don't accept Muslims. I don't accept Buddhists. I don't accept none of that. And, buddy, they better be glad I don't have my way. We'd be burning them temples in this country. We'd be burning them down. Because the Word of God said burn them. The Word of God says burn that mess. In the land that I take you into, throw down their altars, burn their gods. And I mean, as clear as it can be on it. But, no, we're so worried about being politically correct, everybody can come. No, you can't. But it's nonsense. I go by what the Word says. However, the message of the land is acceptance. The message of this land is tolerance. The message of this land is, can't we all just get along? No. No, we can't. The enemy of my God is my enemy. I'm a soldier in his army. I fight for him. No one else, I fight for him. Praise God. And we are soldiers. The Bible says that no man that warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That's what we are as soldiers in the army of the Lord. Amen. So he says here, And they love the uppermost rooms at feast, at feast in the chief seats in the synagogues. How many times have you ever seen a stage full of preachers? Whether or not they preach it or not. You got one preacher there, 14 preachers on the up on the podium. Why? Why? Yeah. It's to be seen of men. There's no Bible for that. There's no Bible for that, to have all those men sitting up here who are men just like you. Let me tell you something. I'm just like you. If you're under my pastoral ship, you are to obey me because I have the rule over you according to the Word of God. But I'm not to lord over you because you're God's heritage. You're not mine. I'm a soldier too, man. You don't bow yourself to me. Praise God. When you bow to me, you're bound to Him, not to me. I'm just like you are. The only thing special about me, praise God, is that He's in me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God for that. Cause without Him, buddy, I'm a mess. I'm gonna tell you. You wouldn't even know me. <laughs> but understand, man, we're soldiers together in this thing. We're laborers together with Him. Praise God. So, and I've seen these preachers put them great big old gold seats up there. Gold seats? What? Who the heck you think you are, man? You ain't no Magistrate? I mean, you're not a king. You're a man that got into, that's got a, a whole lot more responsibility on your, on your plate, boy, than the average, than the average person. It's a whole lot easier for the people in these seats to make heaven than it is one behind that pulpit. Cause I'm gonna have to give an account for you. Why, why do I take it serious? I wanna make heaven, folks. I'd hate think I got to the end of this thing, not make home. Huh. Praise God. So we'll never have room on the stage for a golden chair. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he said here, and, Chief seats in the synagogue and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. He said, but be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master. Rabbi means master, even Christ and all ye are brethren. See it? We're brethren. It's just Bible, man. It's just Bible. I appreciate the respect that you give to your pastor in this church. I appreciate that. The Lord appreciates that. Amen. And that's the chain of command, and that's how it should be. But I want you to clearly know the man in this pulpit up here. I'm not no big shot, folks. I'm a common man. Amen. And I'm a laborer. Praise God. I'm a fellow laborer. And we're in this thing together, buddy. And I don't care whether you dig digging a ditch, whether you're climbing a tree, whether you're on a roof, or you're in a hole somewhere. You can turn around, and I'll be right there, buddy. You can call me, and I'll be right in that hole with you. Praise God. Amen. And that's just the way it ought to be. We ain't got no room in the kingdom of God for no fancy dance. There's one that's fancy. His name's Jesus. He came down here and robed himself in this nasty flesh. He ain't doing that no more. He's back in his rightful place now. He got his business done, amen, and we're finishing what he left for us to do, and we're going up there with him too. Praise God. Amen. It's a nasty job we got down here. Amen. So he said, You have one master, and all ye are brethren, and call no man your father upon the earth. For one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, For one is your master, even Christ, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. He that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Everything's opposites in God, folks. How do you get up here? Put yourself down there. Very good, brother. You put yourself down there. Amen. If you put yourself down there, let God lift you up. You can't never get yourself as high as God can take you. God can put you on top of the mountain, praise God, but God can also throw you off that mountain, and that trip downs a whole lot faster than that trip up, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Woo, you get down off that mountain quick, <laughs> sure took a long time to climb that joker, but boy, I mean just boom boom, 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 boom splat. <laughs> wow, that was quick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, top on the top one morning <laughs> by by ten o'clock you're in the bottom, amen. All right. So, let me tell you something, folks. This walk is all about servitude. This walk is all about serving God. Now, I saw a sign. You probably saw it too. Down 1488. That said... uh, Love God. Something else. Serve the world. Yeah, there's a, it's on the left going down that way toward 45, and then there's another big old church on the right, like an Episcopalian church or something on the right right there, a big school and everything. But it's on the left hand side. It's love God, uh, something, something, and then serve the world. I'd like to see where that's at in the Bible. It's not in the Bible, you know. When Jesus, when Jesus, talked to Satan, and he said, "Bow down and worship me, and all these things I will give you, for it has given me power to give you all these things." Satan himself said that. What did the Lord say? It is written, "Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him." Only shalt thou serve. Now, is that Bible? How is that serve the world? We're not to serve the world. Amen. He said, Go you therefore in all the world and preach the gospel. But that ain't serving the world. The Word of God was written for the church, not for the world. You draw them in, and this is where they learn right here. You give them a sample, and you tell them there is a way. There is a way, and I want to show you the way. Let me tell you something. Don't never tie yourself up giving people church out there. Now, you can go and I'm not talking about because I preach some long sermons in parking lots, buddy. But when they start calling you on a regular basis and they want you to, well, just drop on by, yeah, and uh, give me some church. What they're doing is they're escaping coming to the house of God, and they want you to come by and service them like doing a, a doctor doing a house call. No, 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 you know, jump in your car or get in mine as I'm driving by, because I'll come get you if you want to come go. Get in the car, let's go to the house of God, amen. This is where you come and learn, amen. Praise God. You give them, you give them enough to get them in the house of God, and you draw them. We're supposed to draw them to the Lord, amen. Once you get them in the house of God, then they start learning Bible, praise God. They've got to show forth the hunger for it, folks. If they ain't hungry for it, they ain't going to never get it no way. Bible says, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. So they've got to have a hunger for it or they will, not, they will not be fed. Now, he said, Those that exalt themselves shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. He was saying, hey man, you're shutting up heaven. You're not even, you're not even offering anything to these people. Ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering in to go in. You don't want nothing to do with me, but you won't let them come in either. Woe unto you, scribes and, and and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. So, what's that talking about? You devour widows' houses. What's that? That's exactly right. They're taking all their money. Hey, man. We don't mind, and I'm gonna tell you what, I've heard them preaching on these TV. I don't watch TV preachers, but the, the ones I have watched and seen, uh, including that nut looks just like Satan to me, I don't, I, I just don't hold it for the guy, but anyway, uh, but I, I've seen them say, where's your faith? Where's your faith? You got a credit card. You got a credit card. Send me your money. You can't get no money till you sow your seed. You can't get no money till you sow your seed. And I, I've heard and I have seen examples of it where, where people discovered that their mother was eating cat food because she was sending all her money to these TV preachers. Pardon, let me tell you something. If you're putting your money in a place that really is for God. Pardon you ain't going to be eating no cat food. You ain't going to be living in squalor. You ain't going to be living under a bridge because the Bible said uh, that David said, I was young and now I'm old, yet never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. You know, if those places were worth the time it took to watch that foolishness, then that woman wouldn't be eating no cat food. People talk about, oh, my goodness, well, man, what ministries really blessed? My goodness, they just got hangers full of jets, And my goodness, he got a $27 million house. I'm going to tell you, man, you know why I live in a trailer house? Because I wanted to build this house. And I love my trailer house. I got me a trailer house. You know what? I'm not living under a bridge. It's nice and warm. Nice and cool in the summer. My dogs like my trailer house. Amen. Amen. My wife likes my trailer house. We sold a real big house to move out here on this place, big fancy place. Worked all the time keeping that place up. I mean, I had one of them automatic vacuumers too. Her name's Sister Hoffman. And she went all the time. From daylight to dark, keeping them floors clean and all that marble and stuff polished and granite and all that stuff, man. And Yeah, every time you turn around, I'm having to repaint that black fence out there with them gold tips and all that stuff, man. I mean, just keeping all that landscaping up, man. I just pray God walk out here and step on the grass burn. and I just shout for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray God. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't have to keep no grass burn out of here. Praise God. You know, I do. Praise God. And you know what? I'm right next door. I'm right next door to the house of God. Hallelujah. And I can just walk right next door. Praise Jesus. Well, I ain't checked all the steps, but praise God, I'll tell you what. I love this. And we got a church. Praise God. We got a nice building. Amen. And I, I just praise God for that. Hallelujah. That's right. Campouts and fishing. We're gonna put a lake back here, Lord Terry's and if he wills. We'll put a lake back here and you just we just and you know what? It's fun to it's fun to kind of watch things grow and yeah, and uh, don't let me forget neither brother. I want you to uh I want you to uh cook a brisket for me for uh for us for the uh for the Christmas. Two, probably at least two. Yeah. I got three in there, but two will be fine. I think two'll do it. Plus we're gonna have some other stuff too, right? Okay. Amen. So, uh, don't let me, but don't let me forget that. Didn't want to get off subject there, but I forgot to tell you about early. You know, that's gonna be next Sunday. I mean, it's, it's already on us, just like that. Anyway, okay. So it he says here. He says, "Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land. Listen carefully. To this this is this is good stuff right here. You compass sea and land to make one proselyte." And when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. <laughs> man, I love that. Boy, Jesus my kind of God. <laughs> just love that, man, because he's so real. You know, he just shoots you straight out there. Man, you, you, you can you pass earth and sea. Man, you travel all the way around the world, man, to find you somebody to put up on a pedestal. And when you found him and you've made him a proselyte like you, you make him two times more the child of hell than yourself. Yeah, man. You know what? You know what? The, you know what the scribes are? The scribes of that day. You know what they were it's before the the law of Moses. The word of God was given to the Pharisees. The Pharisees took it over. They became the uh, the givers of the law and all those sort of things. Teachers of the law. The scribes then also became teachers. Scribes. You know what the scribes were? The doctors of that day. They had a doctorate. In theology, they were the high education people. They were the school, the bookworms, and so they were they were the learners, and then they were the teachers. So they got their high uh, education, so to speak. And that put them up on a pedestal, and they started looking at them just like people look at doctors now. See, that's the thing now. If you're a preacher, well, you can't even be a good preacher unless you're a doctor so-and-so. Doctor so You can just call me doctor stupid. I don't care what you call me, amen, because God brought me. What I got, I got from God, amen, and from studying that Bible right there, praise God. (laughs) And I got it the same way Paul got it, not to compare myself with Paul because I'll never be compared with Paul, but... But I got it the same way he did. The Lord's the one that gave me the understanding in this word. And, and what he's given me, I understand it pretty good. And I praise him for that. But but you see, you go in these offices, and a lot of these pastor's offices, because uh, I'm i also a general contractor, have been for many, many years, and and I go and I see a lot of these when I work on churches and things, and, and you go in some of these pastor's offices, man, and I mean, man, some of them are as big as this room right here. 12,000 books. Man, great big old library. And you know, that really impresses a lot of people. Doesn't mean, but I mean, it impresses folks because I see people go, Oh my gosh, well. You know what I'm thinking? Wow, this guy's an idiot. Man, what the heck has he been doing with his time? Sure ain't been the Bible. All I see is one Bible, and it ain't even the right one. But I see 27,000 books here he's been wasting a lot of time with. I need one book, and that's the King James Version Bible. Now, I do go back and study some of the old texts and things like that, and I do study the Greek, do study the Hebrew, and I spend a lot of time with the one who wrote the book. That helps me a lot. Amen. And, uh, you know, the Bible said the Holy Ghost who will bring to remembrance all things whatsoever I've said unto you. Amen. He shall lead you into all truth. See, that's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm not looking for this man's theory, this man's theory. When we came to Texas, when the Lord moved us here. Oh, yeah, he moved us. But when he moved us here, moved us back home, which I'm born and raised here. But we, our church was in Tennessee. When he moved us here, I didn't realize it going to be a lot of deaths in the family things like that so god was bringing me home and this he you know this was all to build this as well but anyway we we uh there used to be a a a pentecostal church in in tomball years ago i used to be part of a upc church in tomball uh when i was young and and i didn't realize the guy was no longer there but he they denounced Pente, uh, the the pentecost they denounced upc and all that and they built another church and and from what I heard they you know did all kind of crazy stuff, but anyway we we thought well one one weekend before we really got established back here i we said well said so let's go let's go uh let's go to church go check his church out he was good yeah he was good he was a good preacher back in the day, went in there hey how you doing you know and, well I'm doing all right you know and and uh he said uh well, you know, yeah, we we're getting ready to start Sunday school. That's okay, well, we talked for a few minutes. He knew my family real well, you know, back in the day. So we're getting ready to start church. And so we went to, uh, uh, the, we we're going to have Sunday school in the kitchen, in the dining room. So everybody got all their coffee, and they're sitting in the dining room, going to have Sunday school. We're sitting there, and look around, nobody's got a Bible. Guy gets up gonna teach he says man there's this person got this book you have got to read this book and so man he started off and he just starts talking about this book and all this stuff and this is what this man says and this is what this man said is what he said and this is how he this is his thoughts on this and this is how he believes and and uh, i'm sitting here with my bible open and i'm thinking uh Am I in the right place here? This is church, right? You, you know, I, I didn't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. And so, you know, they just kept on and on about this person and this doctor of theology or whatever it was, Or you know. Oh, and then and, 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 and this going to come with this lady that had this book. And, oh, man, and she's done this and this and this and this and that and this and that. And I'm like, <sighs> I told my wife, I said, let's go. So we got up and I just closed my book and pew, out the door we went. Never looked back. Never called a man. Never said a word to him. Let me tell you something, folks. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. That's it. Here it is right here. It's all you'll ever need right here. This and the Holy Ghost is what you're going to need right here to get, to get home. This is what you're going to need. Praise God. Hey, the Bible said... Though we, in Galatians Galatians 9, though we or an angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel than that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And it was so important that he spoke it twice in the same Scripture. He spoke it again right after he said, As I said before, so say I again. And he repeated it again right then. It don't matter if it's an angel from heaven. If they come preaching anything other than this right here, let them be accursed. Amen. So, they were professional students and teachers of the law. And it was a very important task. And so, therefore, it was tempting for them to assume the authority of God himself. And, folks, we've got to be real careful with that. You have to be real careful with that. Proverbs sixteen eighteen, 18. Uh, Brother Tim, get that for me. Proverbs Proverbs sixteen eighteen, please. Now, also Jesus mentioned how they were dressed, that they loved to go in long clothing. Amen. They loved to go in long clothing. And long clothing of that time for, for men... It's not just talking about long clothing. The clothing it was describing there was the clothing of kings or royalty or dignitaries uh, or, you know, people of high stature, people of high, uh, 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 high uh, ranking or high money, people that had a lot of money. And so they were, they were putting themselves up there with people that set up in the high places. You see what I mean? Such as kings or royalty. Oh, go ahead, brother, when you get it there. Uh, Proverbs sixteen eighteen please. Amen. Folks, never forget that. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Don't ever let yourself get too proud and lifted up. Never let that happen to yourself because you're in for a fall if you do. That haughty spirit. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of that in our churches these days. That haughty spirit. That that uppity, nose up in the air type of thing. Don't want nothing to do with outsiders and stuff. Folks, there's a big difference in keeping leaven out of the lump and not welcoming anybody into the house of God. Now, I don't just welcome anybody in the house of God. They come up in here with their agenda. I don't allow that. Because this is a holy place. But, but not associating with people and in in the church and and having little cliques and all that kind of stuff and 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 thinking yourself better than somebody else that's absolutely that's absolutely out of question never ever will be accepted in this church amen and we don't have that spirit here and I praise God for that but you know it doesn't mean we don't have to guard the gate because that spirit can easily be lifted up if you allow it to amen so That's right. We have to guard the gate against that. Amen. Now, the scribes wished to be set apart in order to receive homage. Amen. Homage. So, some salutations and things that they had during those times were prostration or a slave might also kiss the sleeve or skirt of his Lord's clothing to show respect. But Jesus, remember, when He prohibited the 70 that he sent out from engaging in that type of activity. He said, Salute no man by the way. When he sent them out, he said, Salute no man by the way, and that's over in Luke 10.4. He stressed that. And the scribes, on the other hand, made a show of themselves by seeking chief seats, and they wanted to be called rabbi, and they wanted to be uh, uh, to be uh, highly looked upon. You know, it's no different than Hollywood today either. You look at Hollywood, think about this for a minute. Even Nashville, I was in the music business for a pretty good while. Think about that. What's different about those people? They can sing. Big deal. So you can sing. So your voice is such that you can sing a song. But there's nothing about that's going to make me worship you. There ain't nothing about that going to make me think any higher of you than I would of somebody that can't sing. I'm sure not going to pay you and turn you into a multimillionaire because you can sing. There's people that can sing better than that in a shower that ain't got millions of dollars, and you wouldn't have given them the time of day, but you watch them walk up in these red carpet affairs, and they're looking like this, and... Oh well, you know, and then they go on their talk shows and they go on, oh well, my, yes, that's, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, oh, well, take pictures now. Take pictures. Yes. 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 Did you get that one? Oh yes, yes, take pictures. Oh, more pictures? Okay. Yeah. Oh, you want my autograph? I've had people ask me like, no, I don't want your autograph. Take, heck I want your autograph for, man. You don't mind? You know, I don't want your autograph. Put it on a check. Put a woman with a whole bunch of zeros behind it. I want your autograph. Yes, I do. Did I say I didn't? Yes, I do want that. Yeah. Put your autograph on that checkbook and hand it to me, son. <laughs> you mean you be buddies real quick. But you think about it. What's special about them people? What's so special about them people that that right there should make them multimillionaires or billionaires while common people over here have to work their self tooth and nail to make ends meet and they're the ones buying and treating these people like oh my God, God look who it is oh my gosh look who it is you know what except they repent and turn their life around you ain't going to be saying about standing out about them one day. Yeah. Yeah. Now, listen to what he said here. Woe, in verse 16, woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. What's he talking about right there? He's talking about, hey, man. You're counting the gold in the temple more precious than the temple itself. He's saying, "Ye swear, Mr. Man, I, I don't swear by the temple. I don't swear by the altar, but I swear by the, I swear by the gold that's in that altar. You know." He said, "That's the ones that's a debtor." Look what he said in verse 17: "Ye fools and blind! For whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? Whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is uh, who shall swear by the altar, it is nothing." But whosoever swear by the gift of his opponent, it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether's greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. What he's saying is, if you made an oath and you swore by the temple, wasn't well, no big deal. They wouldn't even hold you to that. The priest wouldn't hold you to it. The scribes wouldn't hold you to it. But if you swore by the gold in the temple, they would hold you to that. You're a debtor to that. If you swore by the gold and you didn't keep your, you didn't keep your covenant, you owed it because you swore by the gold of the temple. Now if you swore by the altar, it was no big deal. Wouldn't hold you to that. That's nothing. But if you swore by the gifts that were brought and put on the altar and didn't keep your oath, you're guilty and you must pay a debt. And so what the Lord was saying right there, You're taking the things of man, the gifts and the gold, and you're valuing them above and beyond the temple and the altar. And so there's the difference right there. What's more important? What's more important? The walk you're walking or the money in your bank account? Amen. It's the walk you're walking that's really important. That's what he's saying. It's your relationship with God that's important. Now, he said, Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it, and by all things thereon. And whoso shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereupon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe, and mint, and anise, and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. He said, these ought to you to have done and not to leave the other undone. Listen carefully. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible right here. Verse 24. Ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of that goes on in this world we live in today. People are so worried about these little things. They're so worried about political correctness and they're straining at that little gnat and yet they swallow hell itself by doing away with the Word of God. They strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Let me tell you, folks, you can lose this walk And lose this plight. You can miss heaven so easily. You can certainly miss it a whole lot easier than you'll ever make it. I promise you that. And I have hundreds of scriptures to prove that. Hundreds. Hundreds of them. Folks, the Bible says, straight is the gate. And that's another thing I want to do too. Remind me about that. I need to, I'm going to just let you all know right now, over, over that little, whatever you call it, little archway coming in here, I'm going to have a sign made up in wood or something that says, the straight gate. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You have to search for this walk. You have to search for the real Jesus. But broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction and many there be that go in thereat. They're not having to find that. You don't have to find hell, folks. Hell will find you. But let me tell you something. Heaven ain't going to find you. You're going to have to find it, which means you're going to have to search for it. The Lord told me one time That changed in the garden. That changed. Before Adam sinned, the broad way was the way to eternal life. And the narrowest way was the way of death. He said, of all the trees in the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden, thou shalt not eat the fruit thereof. For the day that thou eatest the fruit thereof, thou shalt surely die. One tree that was forbidden. And all the other trees, you see what I mean? So broad was the way. But narrow was the way to that tree. And they had to find that one tree in the midst of the garden. Which tree is that? this one over here. Oh, my goodness. This one right here. Oh, my goodness. With that fruit that's good to look upon. Yeah. See? And so they sought that tree out. Well, like to search, do you? Okay. Have it your way. Now, we just switch all that around. Now, all the way to hell is this big. It's going to be one little narrow way to me. I am that way. It's only going to be one way to heaven. It's going to be me. And you're going to have to search to find me. The Bible says, you shall seek me. You shall search me and find me. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. Where's the heart? This is the heart. When the Bible talks about the heart, this is it right here. This is what it's talking about. So all that changed in the garden. The scribes were very unworthy of all the honor that they demanded for themselves. They sought out the chief seats. They sought to be called Master. They wanted everybody to look up to them. They wanted all that big money. They didn't care where it came from. They even wanted the poor widow's money. Give me all that money. You don't need that money. Worthless. Scum. You don't need that money. Send it to me. Send it to me. Then, lastly. They even went further with all these long prayers. Folks, we pray some long prayers too. And if I'm praying somewhere, most time you ain't going to have to listen too hard to hear me praying because I'm going to pray. But I'll tell you this, you ain't going to never see me praying to be heard by man. I'm just not ashamed of my God, and I just pray to him just like I'm talking to you because he's as real, as than, than we are, amen. So I don't have any qualms about praying to my king, amen. But I'm talking to Jesus. I'm not talking to anybody else around here. I'm talking to Jesus, amen. That's what it is, amen. So it's for the Lord. Praise God, it ain't for man. But these these guys, just like the one over in the book of, Matthew, sir, uh, book of uh, Luke where he said, <coughs> uh, well... I thank thee, Lord, that I'm not like other men. I'm not like other men. Man, I don't uh, I don't do this and that and even like this poor publican here, you know, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I have. I'm just so thankful I'm not like him low lives, you know. God said that man that was on his now now the the publican who he was talking about that tax collector was over there, he wouldn't even lift his head up he was just smoting his chest in the temple he said Lord forgive me a sinner Lord forgive me a sinner he said that man that man went away justified you see but not the other one he's wanting to be seen and heard and so if somebody's walking around praying and And and, and all that. And I hear some guys preaching that just, they're just playing. They're just playing. They're just playing the game. Just playing the game. To me, it ain't no different. I hear a lot of preachers, you know, now there's sometimes I may stir you up a little bit and say, man, y'all wake up in here. You know, somebody help me out here or something, you know. But I hear people that's just part of their sermon. say, "Uh, what was this, what do they say? Some, uh. I wish somebody helped help me preach. I wish somebody would help me preach. I wish somebody would help me preach, you know, 47 times during the sermon, you know. Yeah, it, man, it's like, you know, what? Yeah. I mean, and you then you hear people singing. Let me tell you, and, and the ones that sing in this church, I mean, I tell them straight up. If it ever becomes about you, you're done. You're done with that because it ain't got nothing to do with you. You're up there for Jesus. It's got to be for Him, praise God. We're not up there to be seen. Amen. We're not up there to be heard, praise God. We're up there to glorify God. That's what it's all about. If there ain't no tears being shed, praise God, some missing. Amen. If there ain't no joy coming, praise God, I mean, some missing. I don't just... Won't anybody, I don't want y'all just picking a song. And I, I've told them, they bring a song to me and say, nope, that ain't going to work. And I've seen the look on their face like, what, I've practiced that for 47 years. You know, well, I hate it for you, but, you know, it does, the message is not, it's not something that needs to be up there because it's not a talent show. Amen. What we're up there for is to bring glory to God. Amen. So the word that needs to be a message, that's going to touch the hearts of people. Praise God. Amen. But then I hear these people that's uh Amazing. Oh man! Oh, 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 grace! And I'm yeah, man. You like to, three and a half minutes later, you ain't even got to. How sweet to sound that gum? It's gonna be eighteen, eighteen-hour song right here, boy. You know. I'm not up there to see how you can, what do they call that? They, they've got a name, runs, I think that's what they call them now. I'm not up here to see how many runs you can do in a single breath. I'm not up there to see how long you can hold a note. Amen. I used to get hold a note like that too when I was three years old before I started smoking. Amen. But I'm not worried about how long, you know, all that kind of stuff. Man, listen, if you're up there to be seen, get off the stage, man. Jesus is the one we want not seen in this house. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to glorify God in here. Amen. And these people lost sight of that. It became about them. And you, oh boy, you, let, me, let me tell you, some folks the churches nowadays, and these big mega churches, they're not about God. They're about man and money, honey. That's what they're about. And not only is it a deal now that where they got churches, they got to write big fancy books about how to build a church like that. How? No, you know what it is? It's how to get rich on Jesus. That's really ought to be the title of their books because that's what they really mean. <laughs> How to get rich <laughs> and starve the common folks without them even knowing it. How to take all the money out of your people's pockets without them ever knowing it happened. And there's a whole lot of times I even forget to take the offering up. At the end of church, somebody says, oh, we didn't take up the offering <laughs> So, folks, you got to keep it about what it's about. So, let's take a look now at the contrast, all that. In this same story, back over in Mark chapter 12, we're coming to the end of it here pretty quick. Mark chapter 12. Notice over here in the end, He said, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which make a farthing or a penny. And he called unto him his disciples, and he saith unto them. He called them over and said, I want you all see this. He called him. he said, hey, take a look at this. He saith unto them, verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had. Even all are living. So in other words, there's two there's two ways to look at this. This woman in her want or her desire, because the Bible says, "Given it shall be given, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run over, shall men given to your bosom." So, or with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So, in that sense, in her want, her desire, she gave all that she had, because with what measure you meet, it shall be measured again. However. Also, in her want, knowing that she was a very poor woman. In her want, even of her destitute, even though she had no money other than what she had, she gave it all. Even though she was very poor, it's all she had. She gave it all. Even in her poverty, she gave it all. Okay, so that's how God's math is. That's how God's math is. So she, in this same story, was in contrast to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. She denied herself even the necessities of life in order to give them to God. So what she was saying was, you know what? She had to say in herself, you know what? I'll get another another payment down the road but I'm going to give it all to the Lord today. And you know what? I believe God has something to do with that too. Cuz God will always make a way to preach. He will always give him give something to be preached about. Amen. And he was showing an example that day just like the just like the one the the, the man that was blind from his birth. He was up 40 years old. Blind for 40 years. Blind from his birth. And his disciples said, Who did sin, Lord, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And the Lord said, Neither did this man sin, nor his parents, but that God might be glorified. Let me tell you something. There may be things you're going through right now. There may be things you've gone through in your life you ain't never figured out to this day. Why they happened or where they come from. It may have just been to bring God glory. Amen. Because 40 years went by and this man was blind from his birth, never saw nothing in his life. And there wasn't no sin caused it, which is normally what caused that, see? His parents didn't sin, neither did he. But he said that God would receive glory because he was going to heal him that day. And he needed to be blind from his birth. So... And it had to be a blindness that they knew was true enough, blind. It wasn't going to never be better. It wasn't going to never go away. And then Jesus said, oh, yes, it will. Watch this. See what I mean? Yeah. And so sometimes there's things that God allows us to go through just so God can show himself mighty. If you never went through anything in your life that nothing else could get you out of but God, how would you know what kind of God is you serve? He wants you to know, I'm God and there ain't none like me. I'm God and there ain't nobody can do this. I'm God and there's nobody going to match this. Watch this. Amen. Now, now let me tell you something, folks. There's a lot of people vying for the top spots. A lot of people vying... To be king of the hill. Once we get in this walk, we're no longer playing king of the hill. We're no longer playing king of the hill. Who are you trying to be like? Brother Quick, would you get me first Timothy one fifteen? And I want you all to go with me uh, to Philippians, if you would. And I'm getting ready to close with this right here. Philippians. Go with me to the book of Philippians. Chapter 2. Hold on, brother. Let me me get this one first, and then I'll get you. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not Robert to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. He robed himself in this flesh. He took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name, everybody say the name, of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. So notice here, Jesus was the king, the king of kings. But he made himself of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. This is the king of kings. So we ain't playing king of the hill no no more. You know why that is? Because he's the king of the hill. And there ain't no man ever been born or ever will be that's going to take him off that hill. He's the man on the hill. And we work for that man on the hill. Amen? Amen. Need some amens in here today. Amen. We work for that man on the hill. Praise God. Amen. We ain't trying to be the king of the hill no more. Okay, brother, give me Paul. What did Paul say about 1 Timothy 1.15? Listen to what now. Paul, are you trying to be like Paul? Trying to be like Jesus? He made himself of no reputation if you're trying to be like Paul, here's what Paul had to say about it. Go ahead, bro. He came to save sinners of whom, thank you, brother, of whom I am cheap. He didn't say I was cheap. He said I am chief. So Paul understood he was the chief of sinners. But who was the most powerful apostle that ever lived on this planet? Paul the apostle. Who was one of the worst Christian killers ever lived? Paul the apostle when he was Saul of Tarsus. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what, as far as sayings go in this world, Brother uh, brother Quick had a saying, man, when I first met him, and it's one of the most profound sayings I've ever seen uh, as far as people in the world go. He said there's two types of people. There's the man on the hill, and there's those that work for the man on the hill. Amen. And you know what? In my business life, I always strive to be that man man on the hill. Amen. But once I became a kingdom man and realized that he's the man on the hill, and there ain't no way in the world you're ever going to unheal him. He's the man on the hill. And what's the hill? Calvary. Praise God. And you know what? So now I don't have to worry about trying to be king of the hill no more. Because now I'm the man who works for the king on the hill. Amen. Praise God. And I don't even have to worry about that. It just took that plum out of the scenario for me. I ain't got to worry about that no more. And I'm as happy as I can be to even be in this (laughs) and to be allowed to work for the man on the hill. Praise God. And I'm just as proud as I could be, buddy, to even be in this thing. Praise God. So, folks, listen. We serve a holy God, a pure God, a righteous God, a king of kings. We know that. And as we, I, 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 you know, this is a very important message to us, and, and I'm going to tell you why. Because this church is on the grow, This church is a holy church. And as, 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 man, as you begin to see, and I'm going to tell you, I know you've seen a lot of power in this church already. A lot of healings have taken place in this ministry for many, many years. And I'm going to tell you, and that's all fine, well, and good. But you ain't seen nothing yet. And when you do start seeing the dead raised and you're going to see that, when you do start seeing that, don't let your head, yeah, get all swollen up and out of place. Now, it's okay to go out there and say, man, you need to come get your healing, you know, you need to come get your healing or, man, you need to come get a hold of this, what we got. But don't ever let that chest swell out. Oh yeah, yeah, we've been with him a long time. Oh yeah, man, we. Oh yeah, what oh, we got? Oh yeah, yeah. No, don't never let that happen because it's all about him, folks. And as God begins to build on this foundation, Himself being the chief cornerstone, don't never let your don't never let your uh, 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 mind stray. Don't never let your heart get lifted up. Don't never let your mind get lifted up. Amen. Keep yourself right where we need to be. Amen. Realizing that no matter where we, how far we go in Him, we're still laborers together with God. Amen. We're still laborers, praise God. And the same one that can lay hands on somebody and raise the dead ought to be the same one that will get out there and dig a ditch when it needs to be done, climb a tree if that's what needs to be done, praise God. Clean out a sewer if it needs to be done, praise God, because it's all just as important as anything else. It's all a job. It's got to be done, praise God. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. To me, it's a senseless effort to have a pastor that you can't get a hold of. If you have a pastor that you cannot count on, that's a sad thing to me. Yeah. If you have a pastor that's just going to pass you down the line, Or you gotta make an appointment, even talk to them, meet with them, whatever. Then it's, it's, it's something wrong. There's something wrong there. Man, when you need some prayer, you need some prayer. Let me, uh, listen, I'm gonna call you right now since there's a three month waiting list. I'm anticipating need some prayer about 90 days from now. Now, I'm not sure, but I want you to allocate me a spot, because I'm going to go ahead and try to make plans in case anything blows up. I'm going to make it happen right then, okay? That way I can get a hold of my pastor and get him to come pray for me. Now, I'm sorry, sir, you've got cancer, you've got two weeks to live. Oh, no, oh, no, no, wait a minute, partner. I ain't got an appointment for another 90 days, so you just uh, take that stuff back to your house. Cause I can't be dying now, I can't be, uh, I can't be having no cancer right now, because my pastor can't get to me for another 90 days. You need to go back in there and give that to somebody else. You just bring me something for 90 days from now. Here's the time slot right here. Here's the cancer day right here. See, I don't work like that. But I can tell you, when you get that big, you're too big. When you get that big, you're too big. I've been praying for years, God. You just help nothing to be in my way, God, when somebody needs me. Don't let nothing be in my way. And Lord, if there's anything God that comes my way about you, Lord, yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now. Whatever I got my hand to, I'm gonna turn it loose. If I've got my hand to another plow, if I've got my hand on a job that day, Lord, I'm gonna turn that job loose. I mean, you gotta help me here, Lord. I mean, and He does. He helps me to line things out to where if somebody needs prayer, man, I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's fine. That's fine, well and good. But I'm going to tell you something. He had two million people. That's a lot of folks. Till he got two million people, he was handling it all by himself. And so uh, I think I could probably handle a little bit. But, uh, But you know what? A- at least I do know this whenever I do need some help. Man, I wouldn't I couldn't I couldn't find a better bunch of folks than what's in this building right now. And you I have absolutely the utmost confidence in everybody sitting in this building right now. Amen. And I know I could depend on you. Amen. And you know what? I always want to be there for you. Cause you know what? One day I may need you there for me. I may need everybody to just stop what you're doing, come pray for me right now. Amen. And I know you will. Praise God. Because that's just the way this thing works. Stand with me today.